Welcome to Season 7 of the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping coaches, teachers, and leaders of all types become their best through the use of quotes. I'm your host, Scott Rosberg. Each week, we'll discuss inspirational, impactful, and motivational quotes to help you become your best as you work to lead your teams to become their best. So make sure you've laced them up tight, you're focused on your target, and you're ready to dive in to today's great quotes for coaches. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. Today, we continue on with our uh, series that we've been doing on perfection and perfectionism. And uh, I have, let's see, uh, two, four, five quotes for you today. And then next week, we will wrap up the series uh, with uh, a few more quotes. Um, but uh, these quotes today, and you know, this is a, uh, a podcast episode, a series, excuse me, on perfectionism, but you're really going to hear today more on imperfection, I guess, uh, might be our, our focus. And, uh, and I think you'll hear a bunch of that next week, too, with the quotes that I have for you. Um, but I'm going to jump right into them because uh, with five, um, five different quotes, I want to make sure that I have them all rolling for you and uh, that we get into this and, um, yeah, uh, rather and not take too long with them. So, so the first quote comes to us from Jumpa Lahiri. Sorry, I do not know, did not look up who that is. Uh, actually, for each of these, um, I only know a couple of the, um, the people, so I apologize to you. But uh, I like this quote from Jumpa Lahiri. The quote is, imperfection inspires invention, imagination, creativity. It stimulates. The more I feel imperfect, the more I feel alive. And notice the concept. We're not focused on being perfect. We're focused on the fact that I am imperfect. So what does that make me do? It makes me work harder. It makes me do other things. It inspires invention. I have to go out and invent various things, who I am. Uh, Imagination. I have to constantly, maybe not even have to, I get to constantly reimagine and create creativity. I've been listening to, uh, well, Dr. Brene Brown, who you're actually going to hear a quote from today. I know I did a whole series on her, but the quote that you're going to hear today fits really well into uh, what I'm talking about, as well as uh, next week, I imagine you're going to be hearing, because I'm listening to her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, from which the one quote you'll hear from her today is is, uh, coming to us. And uh, there's so many other quotes that I've highlighted, bookmarked in my... um, my audiobook that I'm going to go back and get a couple of those for next week. But the focus on imperfection, okay? And she, what I was just listening to yesterday and the day before was she was talking about the importance of creativity in our lives. Too many people think creativity is, you know, foolish things that, you know, like painting and doing whatever it might be where, you know, you get to create too many people think that's a waste, that that's playtime and all. Well, playtime is important is what she, is, she says. Well, I love this in this Jumpa Lahiri's quote, that the imperfection is what inspires that invention, imagine, creativity. It stimulates. 
The more I feel imperfect, the more I feel alive. Because I am creating, I'm doing things. You know, I am realizing I am not perfect. I am not a robot. I do not just go about my business every single day the exact same way. No, there's going to be imperfections. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that are not exactly the way we want them. And that's okay. In fact, that's good. It, it helps us be alive. Jess Johnston brings us the second quote. Again, I apologize. I did not look up who Jess Johnston was. But the quote is great. Perfect is overrated. I don't know about you, but I think it's actually our mess, our flaws, our humanity that, connects, uh, that connect us. Be broken. Be unfinished. Be in process. You're beautiful that way. What a great thought. You know, that even the thought of becoming perfect would be highly overrated. Seriously, do you want to be perfect in everything you do? I wouldn't think so. You know, and like Jess Johnson says, uh, I think it's actually our mess, our flaws, our humanity that connect us. Absolutely. Because we're all in this in the same way. We are all people who are imperfect. And so it's okay to be broken, be unfinished, be in process. You will be in process till the day you die. So embrace it and just keep going. And you're beautiful that way. Love that quote. Here's uh, Dr. Brene Brown again, as I said before. Um, you know, I, I know I did the series on uh, from her, but this quote fits right into here. The authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And again, this comes from her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And so it's that concept that I'm not perfect, okay? And so by being my authentic self, Okay, well, actually, by letting go of who I think I'm supposed to be and just being who I am, I am being authentic to the world. And it was in an area of the book where she was talking about the importance of authenticity. You know, how important it is. People embrace authenticity in others. They don't want you to be a fake. They don't want people to be phonies. They want people to be who they are. You know, those of you who coach, remember, it's called Great Quotes for Coaches. One of the things that your kids will demand of you without necessarily ever saying it is that you be authentic, all right? And what often comes with authentic and authenticity is honesty. They want to know that when you are talking to them, you are telling them the truth and also that you are coming to them from a place of authenticity, a place that says, this is who I am, warts and all. Okay? I'm not going to you know, fake trying to be something or someone I'm not. You're getting exactly who I am. At the same time, the way you deal with your um, the rules, the guidelines, the... You know, the standards, the core covenants that you create for your teams needs to also show that authenticity, you know, that this is who we are going to be. This is what you will see from us as a team. Well, here, that means I have to behave according to that as well. And when I or when others don't behave that way, we need to hold them accountable. 
So when, when we are authentic to ourselves, to who we say we are, you know, both in an individual, on an individual basis and in a team setting, this is the type of thing that kids are wanting. They just want to know that it, you're going to be who you say you are and you're going to hold people accountable to who you say or to what you say you're going to hold them accountable to. Because the moment you stop doing that or you don't do that, they're going to be wondering, well, does coach mean what he says? Does she mean what she says she's going to do every time? Or, you know, what am I, what are we going to get the next time something like this happens? So authenticity is such an important part of who we are. And, you know, as Brene Brown says, it's the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we actually are. It's okay for your kids to see that, you know, you maybe make mistakes. <laughs> You're human. You're telling them that all the time. You're going to be telling them that, yeah, don't don't worry about the mistakes that you make at full effort and full attention. It's not that we want them, but when they happen, okay, we'll embrace them, we'll dignify them, and then we'll work to fix them and get better. Well, that's good. Well, how about you lead that way too? and start from your own authenticity and understanding your own imperfections. The next one comes to us from an unknown um, person. Uh, So this one I didn't have to look up. (laughs) Uh, I guess I didn't have to look up the other ones, or I would have, right? But this one comes to us from unknown. I I think I've said this in one of the other episodes. I'll, I'll often see quotes that say unknown, and I'll see others that say anonymous. Why? Why don't they all say one or the other? Isn't it, you know, the aren't they ultimately the same thing when it comes to knowing who said a quote? Anyway, I digress. Uh, but anyway, an unknown, an unknown person saying this to us, but it's great. Perfectionism is the art of never being satisfied. Oh, that is so good. Now I'm going to couple that with this next one because this next one says a very similar thing. And this one comes to us from Ryan Holiday. Uh, Ryan Holiday writes a newsletter. Uh, I'm on his weekly newsletter. I think it comes out weekly, maybe bi-weekly. But anyway, uh, he owns a bookstore called The Painted Porch. He is an avid reader. <laughs> the stack of books that he will read and show that he read for that month or that week or whatever it was kind of looks like the stack of books I've read in a year. That's how much this guy reads. Uh, but also... and. And, uh, you know, puts in practice all the things that we who like to read say. But he also uh, talks about stoicism. I think his uh, uh, newsletter is, I don't know if it's his company, but he's, it's called The Daily Stoic. Uh, really good stuff. And uh, I really like, like the things that I've read from Ryan Holiday. So the last quote from Unknown was, Perfectionism is the art of never being satisfied. Ryan Holiday's quote is, Perfectionism rarely gets perfection or satisfaction, only disappointment. We'll be back after a quick break. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders 
drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. So you see how it works with the other one. Perfectionism perfectionism is the art of never being satisfied. Perfectionism rarely begets perfection or satisfaction, only disappointment. And so it is not that we don't want to constantly seek to get better. It is not that we don't, you know, the there was a great song by Steve Earle back in the 1980s. I ain't ever satisfied. Uh, as an English teacher, I didn't like his grammar, but I love the song. And it's that idea that I'm always pushing to try to be better. Now, he may have actually been talking about a problem. You know, uh, one of his demons, one of the things that he struggles with as I'm never satisfied, you know, and so it makes my life that much tougher because uh, there should be some satisfaction. But I think the, the main focus of the song was I'm always pushing to try and improve. Okay, that's good. It's good to try to, to continually improve ourselves. That's good. But if you're never satisfied with things, you know, I mean, that is, it can be a real problem. It can send you down really dark holes, dark into dark places, because you will beat yourself up over things consistently, continually. Well, that's not good either. And as Ryan Holiday says, perfectionism, this, this constant need to become, to, to be perfect or to become perfect, this constant desire to seek perfection. As it says, it rarely gets perfection. I've talked before about uh, what they call a perfect game in baseball, where a pitcher will get every single batter out. Nobody makes it to uh, on base. And they call that a perfect game. But I also said, was it really perfect? Didn't the guy make some you know pitches that weren't perfect and? And guys hit him, and fortunately, he had great fielders behind him who made great plays. I mean, you watch the highlights when somebody throws a no-hitter, which isn't a perfect game. It's darn close because the other team didn't get a hit. It's darn close to what they would call a perfect game, but there's still somebody, guys who get on base, uh, whether by a walk or an error or something like that, hit by pitch. But any time a no-hitter gets thrown – and they're showing it on Sports Center, showing it highlights of it. You'll see the great plays that that fielders made to preserve the no hitter. And the same, I'm sure, would happen with a perfect game. Quite honestly, the 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 perfect game for a pitcher would be, let's see, nine times three. That's twenty seven, and then uh, that would be twenty seven batters. Okay, I'm getting my calculator out here. Sorry, uh, I'm doing math uh, in a podcast. That's not necessarily you know great listening, right? 27 times 3, 81. The perfect game for a pitcher would be to throw 81 pitches and the game ends. Why? Because that would be 81 strikes. And so every single batter would strike out on three pitches. Okay, I'll give you that that would be considered truly a perfect game. Okay, well, it's never happened. It's never going to happen. And so perfectionism rarely begets perfection or satisfaction, only disappointment. Don't you think that those pitchers who have thrown perfect games in this world, 
will look back on it and, and be so happy, so grateful, absolutely, but also go, you know, if I would have thrown such and such at this one time, I had him. I did, he wouldn't have, you know, gotten that, that line drive that almost made it through, whatever it might be. And so even when it's perfect, is it truly perfect? And in most things, probably not. Uh, people will talk, we're in the NFL season right now, about the Maya, 1972, 71, 72, Miami Dolphins, perfect season. Well, it's perfect in that they won all of their games. They did not lose, and nobody has achieved that since then. But was it perfect? Don't you think that in each game throughout that season, there were moments of imperfection? Of course. So it's not, it's never really perfect. And so when you put these two quotes together, perfectionism is the art of never being satisfied. Perfectionism rarely get begets perfection or satisfaction only disappointment. If all you're doing is seeking perfection, you are going to be so disappointed in life because you're never going to achieve it. As I say, even those teams, even those pitchers, even those those moments of quote-unquote perfection in those sports were anything but perfect. And so think about your own life and think about the places where you expect yourself to be perfect. I'm sure we all have them. I think I told you last week, a couple weeks ago, about the my evaluations through the years as a teacher and a coach. And it upset me that I didn't have, on a scale of one to five, when I would go through, sit down with the principal or sit down with the athletic director, and I would go through you know, what he or she had written up about me. And I'd look at the circles, what, you know, the one, two, three, four, five on that evaluation. Most of you probably have been through some kind of an evaluation form like this. And I'd look at what, what numbers were circled. And I'd see five, five, five. That's, and I was, you know, I feel good. And all of a sudden I'd see a four. It's like, mm, okay. You know, it, it was still, you know, above average kind of thing. And then I'd see a three somewhere. And all three was, was satisfactory. And two, I think, was a needs improvement or maybe one, whatever it was. And I'd see a three, and I'm satisfactory. And to me, it's like, I'd say to the person, how come I got that? <laughs> it's like, okay, you were satisfactory. Now, of course, nobody wants to just be satisfactory. You know, I said to, in some team culture building last night to, to my players, do you want to be um, – you know, there's the concept of surviving and thriving. Do you, do you just want to survive or don't you want to thrive? Well, the same would go through, would go with me, you know, getting a satisfactory in an area on an evaluation. No, I want to, I want to thrive. And yet, Scott, this person is saying, you did fine with this. It wasn't anything outstanding, anything so, you know, oh my gosh, that's the best I've ever seen. You know, you did fine. And then when I'd have a needs improvement, you know, it, it would bother me. And yet I would have to say to myself, and so often I'd look at it and go, yeah, yeah, I know. That's an area I need to improve on, right? Well, that's so important for us to recognize we're all going to have that type of thing. And so I, rem I still remember the one evaluation, gosh, late 19, mid-1990s. <laughs> it was one of my coaching evaluations. And I said to the athletic director, I said, how come I got this and whatever? And 
and we're going through and finally he goes, Scott, I've never given an evaluation like this before. I've never, I've never given one this good. It, would you just chill? I don't know if he used that word, that word, but it's like, what? relax, you know? And there's a part of me going, no, I'm not going to relax because I want to get better. Fortunately, I realized I'm not going to be perfect in it. It was a chance for me to improve, but still there was that part of me that I was upset that I wasn't five, 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 all the way down, you know? And so as long as I didn't get to that point here, as Ryan Holiday says, of disappointment, like I had a very good evaluation. They were all, you know, they were very good in this one that I'm talking about in particular. It was a very good evaluation. It was fine. All the person was doing is saying, here's a few areas to keep working on, keep improving it. And quite honestly, in all my years of giving evaluations, um, you know, as an athletic director for at the high school level for 11 years, giving evaluations, you know, there were some coaches who I, I was in the same boat as when I was on the other side of that. And I was like, I have to give them some things that they need to work on. That's part of the process as a, as an athletic director, as a principal, whoever you are, as a leader, you're trying to help your people improve and get better. And so you're going to want to point some of those things out. And, you know, for the most part, you know, some of the coaches who I dealt with, I just, you know, had to really, um, not find things that they, you know, and just pick on, pick on things. But there were things they were, they did so well that, okay, here's an area that you need to improve at to make you be even better and to take the next steps. Well, who doesn't need that? We all need that. And I was just sitting in my evaluation thinking, you know, he doesn't think I'm whatever. It's like, no, it's just trying to help me improve and get better. And I realize it, you know, all my years of teaching and coaching, isn't that what I've been doing with kids? When they don't get an A plus, when they get an, an A or a B or a C or obviously a D or F, but am I not just saying, hey, okay, you're, you're good. You're doing fine here, but you could be better. Here you go. Here are some ways to get even better, with, especially when kids would be writing papers because there was some subjectivity and there were some areas where I could show them, here's how to get better. When they missed a true-false question, it was like you just they just missed it, right? Uh, but in those subjective areas, well, isn't coaching – Pretty much everything in coaching is subjective. Even those of you who coach sports like track and swimming and you know where it's you know a score, a time that you get or a distance that you get, well, there's still some subjectivity to how they did what they did. So you'll work on their form, you'll work on this aspect to help them improve that time. So there's always some subjectivity. And so that's good. It's those are the areas where we can find, okay, I can improve here if I do whatever. All right. Well, I went a lot longer than I thought I was going to with this one. Uh, but I, these last few quotes, I just think are great because that concept of we're never satisfied, you know, and, and it again, there, we walk a fine line. Yeah, there, there's some elements of where it's OK to not be satisfied because you just want to do your best. But at some point, you got to give that up and not worry so much about the perfection that you seem to be seeking. It's OK. Enjoy how good things are for you. Keep working to get better at the things that you need to work on. And, uh, you know, uh, um, embrace the imperfection, as, as Dr. Brene Brown would say. So 
Yeah, I love these, and, and I hope you've been enjoying I've had some comments from various people telling me how much they're enjoying this series. So I'm glad because I think we all deal with these types of things at various points in our lives. So it's good for us to kind of shine a, shine a little spotlight on them for ourselves, but again, also for those of you who coach or lead other teams, for how are you helping your people deal with their gifts of imperfection. So, all right, next week we'll wrap up the series, so come back for that. Got uh, multiple quotes for you. Uh, on this uh, concept of perfection and perfectionism. Uh, so, yeah, come back for that next week on the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please do me a favor and leave a rating and a review and then subscribe to the podcast. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions are really helpful in getting more ears and more listeners getting a chance to hear podcasts. What we want to do is spread the messages of hope and inspiration from these great quotes to as many coaches, teachers, parents, and leaders of all types as possible. Also, check out our Slam Dunk Success site at slamdunksuccess.com and the Slam Dunk Success YouTube channel, where we have much more for you to help you on your road and your journey to success. I look forward to serving you again next time with another great quote for coaches. Coaches.